Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined this week by guest analyst Asha Komugisha in Kampala, Uganda, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we look at the controversy around the best FIFA football awards, with no place for Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane in the team of the year. And we find out about football in Lesotho, as there are hopes of building a team that can qualify for a continental tournament. So it's a process, but we we, we just need to play against tough teams uh, so that we learn as quick as we can. Also, we ask, have Cameroon made the right move in appointing a Portuguese coach who's never worked in Africa? And we look at the Egyptian Premier League and ask if upcoming Pyramids FC can challenge Al-Atli and Zamalek for the title. Plus, lots on the English Premier League. Is it time for Manchester United fans to get worried? But let's start with the best FIFA football awards that were handed out on Monday, with Lionel Messi taking the best player award, although Virgil van Dijk had been tipped to win it. The FIFA FIFA Pro Men's World Eleven team had no African players, even though Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane had come fourth and fifth in the points totals when the top ten for the best player was selected. There's been allegations of irregularities in the voting and FIFA say that the votes from the Egypt coach and captain were not valid as they weren't signed correctly and Salah was fuming that Egypt hadn't voted for him. So welcome to the show to African football expert Asha Komugisha in Uganda. Now obviously Asha, Messi and Ronaldo were expected to take two of the three slots for strikers in that best 11 team. But did Mane or Salah deserve to be there ahead of Kylian Mbappe? Well, to be honest, as an African football journalist, I feel offended by this decision to exclude Sadio Mane and Mo Salah from the FIFA World Eleven. These two players had a fantastic season when you look at uh, the way they played for Liverpool, winning that UEFA Champions League. But also when Mane uh, guided the Taranga Lions of Senegal to the African final in July in Egypt, you could see that this is a player that was very key to their prospects of winning their first ever uh, continental title. Though unfortunate not to win but gave his all he was fantastic for Senegal and 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 you wonder you know how he could not make it is it that FIFA believe that the Afghan tournament is not really a major tournament in their books or that we should only go by the UEFA Champions League and even if that's the the deciding moment I mean uh, you look at a player like Khalidu Koulibaly he's one of the best defenders in the world how can you say that a player of that caliber will not make it in the FIFA 11 and Marcelo will actually be there. So you have to wonder what is FIFA's message exactly? Are they saying that they're choosing a world 11 or are they choosing a world popular 11? Is it a popularity contest or are we actually looking for the best players world over? This is a question that FIFA needs to address going forward and for me I feel that it's very important otherwise they may as well just call it the European and uh, maybe South American 11 so that we know um, that the rest of the world uh, is not included in this World 11. 
Yes, a lot of question marks there. Thanks, Asha. We're asking for your views on this this week on social media. Uh, should Salah or Mane have been there in the FIFA best team? Even should they have been among the top three, perhaps? You can give us your views on Facebook. Our page is Planet Sport Football Africa. Or you can send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Should Salah or Mane have been there in the FIFA? best team. Well, the action continues in African football this weekend with the second legs of the final qualifying round for the CAF Champions League and Confederation Cup. Winners of the ties making it to the group stage. And last weekend, we had the first legs of the final qualifying round for the 2020 African Nations Championship, the CHAN, which is the continental championship for the home base players only. The standout result has to be Togo beating Nigeria 4-1, while Bikina Faso won 1-0 away to Ghana. Good going for you in Uganda there, Asha, with a 3-0 win away to Burundi, heading for qualification for the finals for the fifth time in a row are the Cranes. Now, there are mixed views about the value of the Chan. Uh, what are your feelings? The Chan tournament is an African solution to an African problem. When you look at the top teams in Africa, most of them have their best players plying their trade in Europe. And because of that, the locally best players rarely get a chance to feature on the A-teams. It's only a few teams, perhaps maybe like Egypt and South Africa, that usually have the Farahs and the Bafana Bafana field with a, a good number of locally best players. But normally it's uh, uh, the foreign best players that make it to uh, the top teams to play at the AFCON or at the World Cup. So the Chan tournament being launched in 2009 was an absolute great opportunity to give locally best players a good chance to prove themselves and to say that, you know what, we're actually ready to play at the big stage. And I can't think of a better example than Ayub El Kabi for Morocco. He scored nine goals at the Chan tournament last year. And this performance convinced Heverena to get him onto the team that played at uh, the FIFA World Cup in Russia. And when you talk about Uganda, Yunus Sentamu launched his professional career by having a good tournament um, in 2014 in South Africa. He joined S Vita in DRC uh, in Congo, in Kinshasa. And... Uh, We've seen so many other players, Chisom Chikatara from Nigeria, uh, getting a good chance at the Chan and launching uh, their careers and getting a good opportunity to play uh, in the bigger leagues. Yes, I was at that tournament in Rwanda in 2016. I remember Chisholm Chikatara of Nigeria getting a hat-trick in one game. He was signed by Widad Casablanca of Morocco and is now in Egypt. And at that same edition, Yves Bissouma helped Mali to finish runners-up and he's now in the English Premier League with Brighton. Well, here in Harare in the qualifiers last Sunday, Zimbabwe beat Lesotho 3-1 with Lesotho getting a stoppage time penalty that gives them hope of qualifying for the Chan for the first time. The second legs are on in the middle of next month. Now, Lesotho have never qualified for the Chan or the Africa Cup of Nations or the World Cup, but they were a game away from making it to this year's Nations Cup, needing to win in Cape Verde to qualify but getting a draw. I spoke to the vice president of the Lesotho Football Association, Kiba Moho Anyane. Um, we are actually making headways. As you can see, our FIFA rankings have improved from 140-something to 137, the latest FIFA rankings. So that shows we are, we are getting somewhere. Yeah, with the new coach in, in the place, we, we are expecting uh, to, 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 to turn around the, the football in the country. And uh, you have had a pretty good year. 
although it was a bit heartbreaking because you very nearly qualified for the Africa Cup of Nations. You needed to win in Cape Verde and uh, came away with a draw. Yeah, as you know, that's how football can go. It's either you win or you lose or you draw. So that, that's all in the name of, of, of the game. It was a huge interest from everybody in the country. We were expecting that we'll be qualifying for the first time, but that was not to be, unfortunately. When we look at, say, Madagascar reaching the quarterfinals of the Africa Cup of Nations, uh, what sort of inspiration does that give to you? A big one, really. I must say Madagascar shocked the region, you know. We were not expecting Madagascar to go that far. As you know, Madagascar has not been doing well in the region, that is at Kosava level. So for it to have gone that far, it was a shock and a surprise to everybody. Uh, does that make you think that you can do the same? Yes, why not? Why not? If Madagascar were at one stage an inferior team to us, it means obviously we'll one day get there. That's the vice president of the Lesotho Football Association, Kiba Moho Anyane. He mentioned the new coach there, that's Tabo Senong of South Africa, who was appointed last month. Senong took South Africa to the Under-20 World Cup this year, also in 2017, and asked him about his vision for Lesotho. For me, it's just to try and uh, you know rebuild the team, promote the promising young ones. We gave away two caps today, the right winger, the right back who played full minutes. He's from the under-20 team, he's still young. So uh, you could see that we're trying to rebuild a team by just bringing a lot of young players uh, into the system, uh, working with the junior coaches and, and making sure that we can build a team that can be competitive in the AFCON qualifiers 2021 uh, as we are drawn in Group L against Nigeria, Benin and uh, Sierra Leone. So it's a process, but we, we, we just need to play against tough teams uh, so that we learn as quick as we can and make sure that we improve our team and uh, uh, look responsible when we have the ball. When we don't have the ball, look responsible, look organised. And uh, with time, it will get better. Do you think uh, these days in African football, even with semi-professional league, you can still qualify for major tournaments? It depends on some factors. You know, For us now, our priority is to improve the promising talents in Lesotho and make sure that they get exported into foreign-based leagues, South Africa or any other league that will give them the needed competition. And once we export more, then we can be able to source them, bring them back during FIFA dates and improve our national team. That's Lesotho coach Tabo Senong. Usher Komogisha in Kampala is our guest analyst on the show this week. And with what's happening these days, you'd have to say that Lesotho could qualify for a major tournament sometime. Well, I've been very fortunate to follow uh, Tabo Senong and the work that he has done so much with Amajita, the South Africa under-20 national team, and qualifying them to the World Cup two times in a row speaks of a coach that is hungry for success and to see him go outside the borders of South Africa to Lesotho I feel uh, for me is a very befitting opportunity where he can prove himself and show that look you trusted me I can do the job. I saw Lesotho uh, play against Uganda in the AFCON 2019 qualifiers and I felt that this is a team that is on the rise. They were a little bit unfortunate you know they could have qualified on the last day if they had beaten Cape Verde but um Looking at them again at the Kosafa Cup, going all the way to the semi-finals, very convincing uh, style of play, and he kept uh, the core of that team. I feel that uh, they have a chance. They have, uh, you know, a chance to get these young players, mix them, of course, with the experienced players, and they could go all the way. Their qualification to a major tournament is not very far away, and we've seen that in African football. There's no respect for population size of a country, but rather if they have a big heart 
And I think Tabo Senong has the perfect fitting for this young group of, of players that also have a little bit of a mix with the, the experienced ones. So could Lesotho be the next Madagascar? We shall wait and see. Right, let's look at a couple of the other big African stories of the last few days here on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And Cameroon have appointed Tony Conchessao from Portugal as their new national team coach, replacing Dutch legend Clarence Seedorf, who was fired after a round of 16 exit at the Nations Cup in Egypt. Now, Conchessao has never coached in Africa. He was most recently in charge of Cluj in Romania. So this came as a surprise appointment. Um, how do you think it will go, Asha? To be very honest with you, I'm very disappointed with the Fekafoot leadership for choosing Tony Concesao as the head coach of the Indomitable Lions. I mean, he has no experience whatsoever coaching on the African continent. He has never been in charge of a national team. Basically, he's clueless about what it takes to coach on the African continent. And this comes at the back of news that Patrick Mboma, a Cameroonian legend and also an African football legend, actually applied for the job. Why not give this opportunity to him and maybe have him uh, assisted by Rigobat Song, who was in charge of the Cameroon team at the Chan tournament last year? Give those two legends the opportunity in their home and see how far they can take these players. Imagine what it means, for example, for players like uh, Sadio Mane, you know, playing for Alucise. Like that kind of leadership is what Cameroon needs if they want to win another. Afghan tournament. So for me, I think this was a very weird uh, uh, choice, but also I'm not very shocked for uh, by the Fekafoot leadership because before they've gone for names like Asen Wenger and Louis van Gaal, so it's not uh, extremely uh, surprising, but again, it's disappointing. So a puzzling appointment there with the indomitable Lions. Now let's go to the Egyptian Premier League, which got underway last weekend. And I'm really interested to see how Pyramids FC will do in their second season. If they can maybe challenge Al-Athli and Zamalek, the two giants of Egyptian football. There have been impressive signings for Pyramids and a strong Ugandan connection, Asha. Oh yes, Ugandan football fans are very interested in what happens at Pyramids FC this season, especially because Sebastian de Sabre, the former Cranes coach, is in charge of Pyramids FC, but also Abdulumala, a very enterprising Cranes player that joined him at the club makes really for good fellowship uh, for any ordinary Ugandan football fan. And of course, looking at their prospects, I feel that this is a team that is going to contest for the title to try and disrupt um, the dominance of al Ahli and Zamalek but also the Sabre has done this before when he was coaching Ismailia until December 2017 when he was leading the Egyptian Premier League uh, standings by seven points uh, before joining uh, the Uganda Cranes as the head coach so it's, it's also important to know that um, in the past 35 seasons Ismailia is the only side that has won the league outside of the two big giants so they have experience and the Sabre tested a little bit of that so he understands Egyptian football and also to know that he is kind of coach that, you know, likes to have good working conditions. And at Pyramids, he has that kind of support system that he needs and has never had elsewhere in uh, his his coaching career. So for me, I believe that this is an opportunity for him to put his uh, foot on the ground and make an, a name for himself in Egyptian football. And perhaps we, we've seen that uh, in the way that um, Pyramids defeated Al-Ahli 2 
two times last season. It just goes to show the hunger the players have. They, they've spent so much on the squad. And for me, I really, really believe that this is a team that could actually go very far and uh, perhaps walk away with silverware. Uh, could be the Egypt Cup, could be the league uh, or any other competition in Egypt. But I feel that these two will be their priority and also to go as far as they can uh, on the continent. Let's see what happens. But I really think that um, the Sabre has what it takes to do uh, this job. Well, it's going to be interesting. Many thanks there to Asha Komagisha in Kampala in Uganda. This is Planet Sport Football Africa brought to you by Passion for Sport. And you can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programs too in our archive. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. You can also listen on our New Look website, that's planetsport.tv. Our other shows are there too, that's Planet Sport and the Planet Sport Rugby podcast, including a daily shows right now from the Rugby World Cup. Also, you can read interviews with various sports stars, including Christian Achu of Ghana and Brazil's Kaká. That's on our New Look website, planetsport.tv. Well, now we turn to social media, and on last week's show, we spoke to the 1997 African Footballer of the Year, Victor Ikpeba of Nigeria. Ikpeba says that while he prays in private, he didn't pray for victory ahead of a match in his playing days, unless it was the whole team praying together. Often we do have fans and players of both teams praying to win a match. So last week we asked you, is it helpful to pray for success before a game? And does God mind who wins a football match or any sporting contest? Will it help if you place the situation into God's hands? Here's Planet Sport Football Africa's Adrian Barnard with your comments from WhatsApp. Our thanks then, Steve. And we start today with Hatab Sambu in The Gambia. For sure, praying before a game will help because in some matches you are not just lucky to win. That is God's decision, says Hatab. Caroline Matope is in Malawi. Yes, it is good to pray for success before the match because it's only God who holds tomorrow and no one else. Yes, God minds who wins the match and any sporting contest because he created mankind to be both spiritual and in the body as well. So matches and sporting contests happen using the body. It helps to place everything into God's hands because he is the owner of everything. And we cannot do anything without his support and his presence, says Caroline. On the other hand, marvellous Olorewaju Abubakar in Nigeria says... Actually, I don't buy the idea of praying during a match because I believe that your level of preparation and the will to win will determine the outcome of the game. But, to be realistic, prayer is very important because with God anything is possible and that does not stop us from putting up our best, not only in football but in our daily lives also. And Odipo Maurice in Kenya takes another different view. What matters is having a way to calm yourself, to focus, says Odipo. That could be meditation or listening to a certain type of music. Whatever gives you belief and focus, God will always be in it, says Odipo. Here now is Biswek and Jaqua in Malawi. Christians believe that every success comes from God, says Biswek. If you fail to succeed in other things, the belief is that God is doing it for a purpose. So, putting sporting activity in God's hands is just paramount. Both teams can pray, and God's favour can be on one team, but it is good to pray before, during and after the game. 
And we always welcome your voice notes here on Planet Sport Football Africa. And here's Ali Mami Fofana in the Gambia. Yes, it works. It works anytime it works. But you cannot just sit and hold because even God said, you see, anytime you need me, call me. I will always be there for you. But he said to help yourself. If you want to do something, you are praying for something. You have to put the effort so that God will answer a prayer. And Faisal in Tanzania agrees with Alimami. Yes, it will help to place the situation in God's hands because God is everything, followed by effort, says Faisal. And here's a view from Zambia now, from Moinga Mayambolwa. As a believer in Jesus Christ, I will say that it always helps to pray and be thankful of the result, whichever way it goes, says Moinga. The Lord loves us all, and win or lose, we should always be thankful. Francis Tucker in the Gambia says, yes, prayer comes first in any situation, so it is very helpful to pray for success before a match. Pa Tumani Baji is also in the Gambia. Well, that's Ikpaver's opinion, and he might be right, based on his belief, says Pa. But I believe that one with a religious background will always wish and pray for anything that they are competing to win in life. Besides, if one prays collectively, then why not individually too? Because one prays based on one's wishes, and wishing to win something that you're competing for is definitely worth it. To Sierra Leone now, and Jesse Rando says... Yes, of course you should put the situation into God's hands. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all other things shall be added to you. So it's in place to seek God first, says Jesse. Here's a few now from Baiton Machiko in Malawi. Praying before a game is important in many ways, says Baiton. You seek God's protection, but people always think that when one is praying before a game, we jump to conclude that the prayer is all about a victory. But to me, if prayer is offered according to God's will, then victory belongs to such a team. And finally, Abdullah in the Gambia says, Well, this is a difficult one, but I believe that in many African cultures they believe in prayers before a sporting event, particularly in my country, the Gambia, where we do seek for prayers to help us win our local football matches. So uh, there you are, Steve, a wide range of answers there, but for most of our correspondents this week, they're saying they do believe that praying before a football game is a positive thing, even if they're not praying specifically to win. Well, very interesting views there. Thanks a lot, Adrian. And next on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport to the English Premier League. And it's Manchester United Arsenal in the big game of the weekend. Well, actually, that's on Monday night, while leaders Liverpool play away to Sheffield United on Saturday. Stuart Weir's with us, our European football expert. Liverpool still five points clear of Manchester City. Both of those two teams showing their credentials in different kinds of wins last weekend, Stuart. Well, Steve, starting with the game of next weekend, is Manchester United and Arsenal really the game of the weekend? Arsenal are just clinging on in fourth place on goal difference and Manchester United are eighth. Actually, I read on social media this morning that Bournemouth against West Ham may be the game of the weekend. You know, fifth against sixth and the West Ham supporters certainly think so. But as you say, Liverpool pulled off an impressive away win at Chelsea. But don't forget that Chelsea are currently 11th in the table with a negative goal difference and only two wins this season. So it's not like beating the Chelsea of a few seasons ago. 
And Liverpool did have some good fortune in that game, with Chelsea thinking they'd equalised, only for VAR to rule out their goal for offside by a small margin and for an incident that happened some time before the ball was put in the net. I think we've learned to accept that FIFA is now ruling offside as black and white and that offside decisions by a few millimetres are here to stay. But this decision raised the question of how far back in the play should the VAR official go to look for an offside? As I said, Steve, we've become used to thinking of the top six. But below Liverpool and Manchester City, we have Arsenal in fourth, Tottenham seventh, Manchester United eighth, and Chelsea 11th. Are we really looking at the possibility that none of those top four clubs, so to speak, will actually finish in the top four this season? But yes, as well as Liverpool, Manchester City look incredibly impressive. Liverpool have won six out of six. And if you add the last nine games last season, that's an incredible 15 straight wins in the Premier League for Liverpool. Manchester City have drawn one and lost one this season, so they're already five points behind Liverpool. But their 8-0 demolition of Watford last weekend, and Watford are now bottom, was achieved with a style that I would say no other Premier League club comes close to. It was interesting to hear Jurgen Klopp say after the game that Liverpool have to compete with Manchester City on points, not on style. But let me give you some statistics about Manchester City. 5-0 up after 18 minutes. That is the fastest that anyone has ever gone 5-0 up in a Premier League game. Bernardo Silva's three goals was the 15th time that a Manchester City player has scored three goals in the Premier League in the last six seasons. Tottenham have done it nine times. And incredibly, Manchester United have not had one player score three goals in the time that City have had 15 hat-tricks. Manchester City have scored six goals in Premier League games 11 times in the past seven seasons. And incidentally, three times they've done it against Watford, 8-0, 6-0, 6-0. And one record the City may not want is that in 2008, Middlesbrough beat Manchester City 8-1. And last weekend, they scored eight against Watford, meaning Manchester City are the first team in the Premier League era to both score and concede eight goals in a single Premier League game. Well, amazing statistics there. And Manchester United down in eighth, uh, losing to West Ham last weekend. Uh, should their fans be getting worried, Stuart? Well, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said after the game that he was positive despite the defeat and admitted that it would be a long road. United are eighth, but had they won at West Ham, they would be third. So it's early days yet. What will concern the United fans, I think, is it was a very flat performance. Little of the intensity we associate with United. And the former United captain Roy Keane commented on how when West Ham scored the first goal, United had seven defenders in or around their own penalty area. But Mark Noble was allowed seven or eight touches before setting up the goal and no United player closed him down. In the summer, United sold Romelu Lukaku and with Anthony Martial injured, Marcus Rashford was the only experienced striker available last Sunday and he was injured during the game. And again, some of the statistics are fascinating. After winning each of his first nine away games 
uh, as Manchester United boss, Solskjaer has failed to win any of the following nine away games. United have failed to keep a clean sheet in any of their last 11 away games. United have lost seven of their last 15 Premier League games. And prior to that, they actually only lost seven of 40. And one that fascinates me is that David De Gea, arguably the best goalkeeper in the world, has conceded more goals from direct free kicks, 12 in the last seven years, than any other goalkeeper. And of course, one last weekend. Finally, Steve, I know you will love this one. The West Ham manager, Manuel Pellegrini, became the first manager to win a Premier League game against four different Manchester United managers. David Moyes, Louis van Gaal, Jose Mourinho and Solskjaer. Well, well, well. Wow. Well, thanks, Stuart. So uh, Manchester United-Arsenal is a Monday night game. Other matches to look forward to over the weekend in England. A Liverpool away to Sheffield United on Saturday. Man City away to Everton also on Saturday. Uh, there's also in Spain the Madrid derby. Atletico up against Real Madrid on Saturday. And then the UEFA Champions League uh, continues next Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, Tottenham against Bayern Munich on Tuesday. Real Madrid are taking on Victor Wanyama's Club Bruges. Man City playing Dinamo Zagreb. And then on Wednesday, Barcelona into Milan. That's going to be a huge contest. And Liverpool take on Red Bull Salzburg. On social media this week, again asking for your thoughts, should Mohamed Salah or Sadio Mane have been in the FIFA best team? Uh, they were not there. The three forwards chosen were Messi, Ronaldo and Kylian Mbappe. Uh, should Salah or Mane have been there? You can go to our Facebook page and post a comment there on Planet Sport Football Africa or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Well, that's it for the show for this week. From me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from our guest analyst, Asha Komugisha in Kampala, Uganda, and from Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.